Welcome, one and all, to the Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Star Trek universe. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open, Pete. Ahoy, Matt. Ahoy, everybody. Here, from our homes, talking to you about the Star Trek universe at San Diego Comic-Con at home. Indeed, Pete, this was the red letter panel that opened up the convention i know there was some grumbling maybe even from you and i oh they got the thursday morning pacific time but you know to be completely honest by my take looking at the san diego comic-con at home schedule you know again that asterisk at home i understand it's not going to have as much bang as it uh, might normally have um with the possible exception of the walking dead panel um and in terms of what that panel could provide given that the show did not complete the most recent season you know it, it's had its own impact from coronavirus i felt like this uh on paper this star trek universe panel was the tippity top was truly the best the best offering on paper that uh that san diego comic-con had uh, had for the entire week on paper with what was delivered, I have to say it came across uh, as something less. Well, let's start at the beginning. A very good place to start. The opening remarks by Alex Kurtzman and Heather Caden about the power of diversity and inclusion, talking about how that's what Star Trek is about, sharing the hashtag Star Trek United. And I think that was the best note to open on. I mean, because it's all true. I know some people were like, oh, now they've made Star Trek political. Uh, again, for the 58th time since it started, like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been political. Right, okay? right. Uh, Matt has colors on uh, his face. I have different colors on my face. Uh, let that be our last battlefield. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I think for, for the fans that claim this is now Star Trek being political, I mean, that. Pete, I would go so far as to say it's not just kind of like fake fans or people caught in an older style of TV or, you know, it's like, it's okay if those women and minorities are answering the space telephone, but don't put them in the center chair. Like, it's not even that kind of fan. It's truly people that are just insane or bots or crazy. I mean, to claim to claim Alex Kurtzman made Star Trek political is an insane statement. Yes, completely. And people that breathe life into it, obviously, we know where they're coming from. Uh, there also was the name reveal for the the Kitty cartoon, you know, separate from Lower Decks. That's kind of you know, more of a, you know, teen, tween, adult cartoon. But the Kitty cartoon, Star Trek Prodigy, headed for Nickelodeon in 2021 or so. Obviously, a bit of an asterisk there with, you know, animation slowdowns, coronavirus, etc. But the name, widely rumored. Um, in fact, apparently it had been reported by the Wall Street Journal even though that hadn't been officially confirmed until, you know, the last couple of days. Uh, Wall Street Journal had it back in, in January. But, all right, we have a title. There's going to be some kids on a ship, that kind of thing, running their own ship. Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek for Kids, if you can believe it, Pete. Um, I'm wild about the idea of Star Trek on Nickelodeon for children. I'm not crazy about the premise of this show. Do you know the complete premise uh the only premise i knew was like a one sentence thing that was i think it was younger people not not necessarily you know uh star trek babies uh heather caden had referenced muppet babies so it's not quite that <laughs> but it's in my mind it's that you know 
10 to 14 year olds or so that uh, come across a ship and now have to run it. Something like that. Well, the anti Star Trek people, I haven't sought it out. I'm sure they're having a field day with this. Uh, it follows a group of lawless teens who discover a derelict Starfleet ship and use it to search for adventure, meaning, and salvation. I'm not wild about the lawless thing. Obviously, you can see the arc through Starfleet, through exploration. They will better themselves. Absolutely get that. Um, I guess the idea of an academy or anything like that not really something they want to start out at i i'm not quite sure yeah i kind of take lawless with a grain of salt or space salt um just because you know is that are they lawless in the first 15 minutes of the half hour pilot that's part of a you know that's part of a, a you know a three episode kick off to the story and then they go from lawless pretty quickly to thank you for voting me as the person in charge i'm honored to be your captain now let's work hard you know and follow these ideals and whatnot i think you know the proof will be in the pudding and the pudding's a long way off oh no pete what's that terrible sound going on yes as it was posted it being pre-recorded the video of the presentation was somehow hit with a copyright claim by CBS, despite the fact that it was posted by CBS. Pete, I'd like to remind you at this point that there is no PR problem with CBS All Access. Tell me more. We need a we need a pre-recorded segment with that because it just continues <sighs> to happen. I I love Star Trek. Matt loves Star Trek. Uh, we really enjoy the new content. The people pushing the new content, not the creatives. I'm talking about the CBS suits who get the word out that the shows are coming and uh, the bleeps and bloops on CBS All Access. They are terrible. And indeed, the number one story on Deadline after the, the, the day of panels um was that there was this problem that there was this copyright claim and that the the feed went dead for 15 minutes uh I, I, you know can, can you imagine that by the way can you imagine an analog version of that can you imagine that you're in a panel you're in hall h you're in uh the hulu theater at madison square garden whatever it might be and not just you know like the bulb blows or they need to restart the uh restart the clip or whatever which we have seen every now and then but can you just imagine nothing works for 15 minutes you know there's no sound they they can't bring the lights up or, or you know it, it's akin to that and, and the fact that, that happened that was the number one story on deadline despite the fact that this entire star trek panel was hosted by a deadline writer in fact pete i think he wrote the article about it and, and i'm not saying that he shouldn't have written it or there was a conflict but just like you don't get much more home field than hi i'm dominic i don't remember his last name dominic something from deadline hosting this panel here and then deadline is the one with the story that the panel that deadline helped work on or a deadline writer uh was broken because they posted it to youtube and didn't understand how youtube works i guess there is no pr problem with cbs all access i'll add to that pete that this opening panel uh again this star trek panel that kicked off 
San Diego Comic-Con at home. It was not covered on the front page of The Hollywood Reporter, uh, you know, on, their, on their website. To be fair, The Hollywood Reporter seems to be giving very little coverage to SDCC at home this year. But again, there was this huge disparity of, yeah, okay, the failure of the Star Trek panel is the number one story on Deadline, the top story, which then also links to other stories like Star Trek Prodigy announcement and some of the stuff we're going to cover in a moment about Discovery, Lower Decks, Picard, etc. Um, there was all that stuff on Deadline, none of it on The Hollywood Reporter, at least when you went to the main website. Yeah, um, again, the the content being the stuff everybody wants to see and talk about. But when you have a failure in terms of presenting it, particularly in a way that you're editing it beforehand, it's just not a good look. There is no PR problem with CBS All Access. Let's move on, Pete. Uh, the first uh, major portion uh, of the panel there, that was the Discovery table read right out of the gate. Sonequa Martin-Green encouraging donations to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Again, I think linking that notion of uh, Star Trek as not just TV, but this affirma affirmational, aspirational thing. Uh, and the website, by the way, www.naacpldf.org. And, uh, you know, that was maybe the most important part of the panel kind of reminding everybody that not just Star Trek has a responsibility, but we all have responsibility for getting to the Star Trek times. Absolutely. And we will be linking that to this podcast episode on our website. Um, and we will be making a donation uh, with our uh, Patreon funds from July, from this month, uh, to that. So thank you to those helping out. And certainly we would uh, we would welcome our listeners to uh, to do the same uh, circling back squarely to the table read. I was a bit surprised that uh, they were only going to share act one during the panel um, as they went through it. There were or as they got going, there were repeated mentions that the entire table read was going to be on CBS.com the next day. I'm glad to report, Pete, that table read was not behind a paywall. I was really worried on the heels of hey star trek the future troubled times now let's make a difference naacp legal defense fund oh go get more star trek by uh spending your money on cbs all access well legal defense what no no go go buy more star trek you can get the whole thing on cbs.com for free uh i did wonder there was what was mentioned more cbs.com or naacpldf.org I think it was neck and neck, perhaps a little reflective of uh, a variety of priorities, shall we say. The table read was an odd choice, but again, we're living in unusual times. I uh, felt a bit stilted at times. I, I watched the whole thing. Um, you know, I know Matt has feelings about the other ones that have been done uh, so far in the spring and summer. Yeah, I, I mean, the Parks and Rec episode was not exactly a table read, but it was a, the Zoom, you know, a Zoom episode. Here's my takeaway. A 24-minute Parks and Rec uh, reunion in-universe story done amidst the pandemic, uh, written by eight writers, that came off as really, really welcome. The community table read, getting the whole crew back together, they all know each other. However, you're talking maybe seven eight parts on screen 
um, and multiple recordings from multiple computers. So if this one's audio is bad, you know, it kind of it was well produced, even though it was from Zoom. Discovery was third place in that loose trio of of table reads. Um, it was interesting that they added use of concept art, music, and sound effects. So I think it's you know it's one of these things where you can only take off so many points when it's like, well, why didn't they do the table read live on the stage in front of 6,000 people? You know, you can only take off so many points amidst this, this, you know, I'll use the word, Pete, unprecedented times, but it's, it's worth checking out if you're interested. Uh, however, in, in the anti spirit of which website gets mentioned more, I'll just say, check out, check out the one on the CBS website, but do visit NAACPLDF.org. And it shows, too, that they put this out there, that they're still not ready with Discovery. No announcement of a date. I thought for certain we'd get a trailer or a scene or something. Nothing from Discovery. I mean, that's the uncertainty throughout Hollywood right now. I mean, within the last week, Disney has punted everything to 2021. Mulan. Uh, I, I think the only thing I did not see an announcement on was Black Widow, but you can bet that's coming. Um, if they don't make the choice like Bill and Ted has, I think wisely, uh, to uh, drop in theaters for the people who are brave enough and it's safe enough um, or at home, um, you know, this is the way it is right now. I have seen an article that Jeff Russo has talked about how difficult it's been scoring Star Trek Discovery at home. Completely get it. We don't want a compromised version. I mean, we're probably going to look back at these anyway and say they were affected in some way and be able to tell. But uh, really, really surprised there was nothing of a, a news angle you know, all right, we're going to say Discovery will be out come hell or high water in November or December or 2021 or what have you. I mean, they did they did have the placard, you know, coming 2020. Um, but I feel like, I mean, first of all, my expectation absolutely was a date, um, maybe a month, but that, you know, but a date. Um, so on that regard, they fell short. I think, though, Pete, your words have helped me dial back the selfishness on my end a little bit. I mean, you have you have some of the earliest network shows are going back uh, to you know, are going to start to be filmed in the middle of August. So my point being this: if you're CBS and you don't need to commit to a date, which again, you know, it's the wisdom of not committing to dates too early. Might CBS broadcast be in a position where they need to run the first season, the second season, maybe the third season uh, of Discovery in 2020 because they got nothing else? Because, you know, again, the earliest shows are going are going back um, in the middle of August. And I don't know that that's in fact, I know that's not L.A. based. It's a lot of the uh, a lot of the Vancouver stuff. They're letting people in. They're going to do the 14 days quarantine. Then they'll be able to start to film. So. Much as it pains me to say they should have given me the day and date when I can, you know, renew CBS All Access and watch it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they're keeping their options open, which is their right to do. I'm more so surprised that there wasn't a little sizzle, that there wasn't, 
here's a trailer. You know, you saw one at New York Comic Con. We were on hand. That's the last time we got a trailer. Here's a two-minute scene. I mean, you gave us the opening scene of Lower Decks. If San Diego Comic Con was happening in person and we're in Hall H, I have to imagine they screen the first episode of of Lower Decks. Uh, I also have to imagine we've we we're into discovery by now if things weren't impacted by COVID. Um, but that's something they could do. And again, I get it. Hollywood is squirreling away content um, because there's only so much in the can. And until they start to crank that up again, it's going to be difficult to manage. But they have stuff they can show us. That's what I think the frustrating thing is and unfortunately it has the effect of only fueling the trolls i wonder if maybe it's a pr decision like you have lower decks going now (laughs) you know you have lower decks going now so let that be let that be your only battlefield let that be the thing that has a day and date that gets all of your star trek focus as opposed to I'll skip this because you told me I'll skip lower decks because you told me discovery October 3rd, um, you know, and, uh, Hey, that's around when lower decks ends or, you know, whatever it might be. So it is what it is. I suppose Pete, speaking of lower decks, uh, they screened two to three minutes of footage. I was kind of expecting it's actually more. the very beginning. The, the piece that they showed is the very beginning of the first episode, second contact certainly a a welcome bit of footage funny silly irreverent effervescent i was again happy to see that tng era visual style um and and again maybe my biggest complaint is that this snack of a preview wasn't bigger yeah i mean we did get the first four episode titles in addition to the pilot second contact we have episode two envoys Episode three, Temporal Edict, and episode four, maybe the most interesting episode title in the 50-plus year history of Star Trek, Moist Vessel. Um, the, the panel itself, fairly standard presentation, no, no uh, slight intended there. Perhaps the biggest departure uh, was the video call by Jerry O'Connell hanging out in the Hollywood Hills looking ageless, Pete, so... Take that, Hall H. He's got sunshine and fresh air. Is he still with uh, number one? He is. I think, I think he is. Okay. Some kids. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, guys, the guy's loving life, man. Uh, who would have figured? Okay. Watching Stand By Me all those years ago, you had uh, uh, River Phoenix. Okay. You had Corey Feldman. You had Huey Wheaton. And you had the heavy kid in the movie jerry o'connell and check it out now yeah he uh so he and rebecca romain have been married since 2007 which by uh by hollywood standards is forever yes uh and they have uh they have twin girls together so you know that's that's <laughs> again i yeah i don't mean to say ah ha ha they're so amazing because they live in hollywood and they're able to stay married and whatnot but no, no we we know all too well from you know what goes on how how short-lived this stuff is. They're both in Star Trek now. Uh, I think it's a great thing. Pete, I'll just repeat, you know, we were definitely excited for Lower Decks. Uh, again, this kind of process of, I it was off my radar until 
San Diego Comic-Con last year where the panel won me over and then the preview kind of had me a little down, but now it's like, I understand what this is, what this is not. I think seeing the footage, seeing that little Batleth uh, accident, it kind of just recentered things in terms of, you know, this, this being a slightly different take on Star Trek, but a welcome one nonetheless. I was warmed up with, with what I saw last year, and then I've used the pandemic to become a uh, Rick and Morty convert, so I am all in on this. And just a reminder to everybody, we, of course, will be podcasting Lower Decks on our Discovery feed as well as our Pop Culture podcast feed. So super excited to be delivering that there. Pete, when will those be coming out? Star Trek Sundays, baby. We are finishing with the last couple episodes in the seventh and final season of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, something we uh, call the mothership around here, but uh, Star Trek right there with it. So uh, we'll be finishing up Marvel on Saturdays and then Star Trek on Sundays might be a shift to the Saturday uh, once we clear that commitment, but we will uh, still give you that time for that feedback. So certainly for the first couple of weeks, uh, if you want to share feedback for that, that, for Lower Decks, get your feedback in before you go to bed on Saturday. That'll be enough time for us to get it and work it into the podcast. Uh, if we if we pull things to Star Trek Saturday from there, we'll certainly give plenty of warnings. So with that, Pete, let's engage to the Picard panel. Yes, uh, it, it had this reverence, Matt. I mean, we've been in the presence of uh, Sir Patrick and cast at New York Comic Con. They were at San Diego last year. They've now had this show come out in its uh, first season entirety and um, waiting, like everybody else, to attempt to film the second season. Uh, but this, the last real uh, appearance and part and parcel of their Emmy nomination push. Yeah, probably six months ago, this appearance would have been, what, about three or four months into filming season two. It would have been, here's your preview, here's the preview that ends with coming 2021. Maybe you would have gotten, you know, we can't just show you a preview. We're going to show you the first two scenes or, or, or something like that. Um, but alas, that not in the cards. Instead, that that push you know to see will star trek picard be as cbs all access pr hopes be a best drama nominee will patrick stewart get the the, the acting nomination etc etc up and down the list uh we'll know in about 48 hours i mean the next generation was criminally under recognized this obviously not that sir patrick is always sir patrick you know, dark horse chance here. But if I'm handicapping, I think they come through with some commercial, you know, costume type of, uh, you know, nominations, maybe some visual effects. I know Allison Pill referred to Sir Patrick Stewart as SPS. Pete, is this really what people do in real life? Like, is this what they do in the production office and on the set? Say, hey, SPS is coming. I don't know, JL. <laughs> Um, ooh, maybe that was an inside baseball reference. I don't know, but certainly Pete, you know, high hopes for Star Trek Picard to be getting some top tier, uh, Emmy nominations. Any thoughts about 
the last year of the, uh, of the Star Trek universe, any and Emmy nominations there for the whole the whole package. I mean, it's it's really just uh, Picard, right? Is is the only one that's in this cycle. I don't know if maybe you get some of these short treks in there as a short form something something. Um, you know, I'm just reminded this time last year where CBS All Access did really poorly in the nomination game. And of course, you can't be in the, the winning game without the nomination game. So time will tell with that, too. Um, certainly a bright future ahead. And of course, Pete, we can't wrap things up without you mentioning something about Strange New Worlds. Yes, they announced that they have convened their writer's room and are breaking scripts. There's just one problem. I'm not in it. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, they made reference to working on 10 stories. So I think that was the, I don't want to say pump the brakes, but that was the fair warning when you see that there's 10 episodes and not 13, not 15, as they did for Discovery, um, to kind of get prepared for that 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 10 uh, episode model I'll mention and Pete for once I won't be throwing shade towards uh, all access in particular I think I know one reason why 10 is the answer 10 gives you nine weeks which is to say if you start for all access or Netflix or anybody if you if you start your subscription the day the episode comes out then you need to get you need to re-up or you need to, to, to get three months of subscription to get to nine weeks. You know what I mean? So, so those 10 episodes get you nine weeks, which gets you three billing cycles, which means people are then, at the very least, they're not able to jettison early. So maybe that's the magic number that Netflix figured out, and that was the, you know, <laughs> maybe it just took some of these other streamers time to figure out that that's what makes 10 the magic number. And it's also that that puts it in the quote unquote prestige TV category, you know, not necessarily in the level of the actors. This is no slam against uh, Anson Mount or Ethan Peck or Rebecca Romaine, but in terms of the budget concerns that are spent on these shows, they are at that top tier. I mean, let's not forget Discovery was pitched as game of thrones in space and in terms of production value has done every bit of living up to that yeah the only show that was more expensive uh than the first season i don't know about the second season i'm assuming the same but the only show in recent memory that was or any memory that was more expensive uh per episode than star trek discovery was game of thrones um i know discovery was in the same neighborhood as um Big Little Lies, and that's more of a half hour, and a lot of that, or more of that was uh, salary versus, you know, paying for effects and things like that. But bottom line, Pete, I think that though this San Diego Comic-Con panel for the Star Trek universe, though it came in kind of under expectations, I think, you know, to be fair, it probably hit the best target that could be hit given all the moving parts and given the larger issues going on. They were able to get it in. They were able to touch on all these elements. Obviously, Lower Decks being the next thing on deck, pun intended. Uh, but again, I, I just wish there was a little bit more, uh, something a little bit more substantive. 
Well, Pete, I wonder what that would look like. Maybe people could share those thoughts with us, with you. How can people be in touch on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 11,362 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter's Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with a PH, like it today. Pete, before you know it, we're going to give one more preview for Lower Decks, uh, and then we'll be off to the races with that show. So happy to be talking Star Trek in the future. With that, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Bye-bye.